Merry Christmas, Glorious Christmas, Blessed Christmas. We're right here at the door of Christmas Day, and we pray today as you listen to this pre-Christmas broadcast on Let's Talk About Jesus, that you will enter into Christmas and get to see the glory of it. Praise God. Enjoy the peace of it. Enjoy the power of it uh, by, by, by focusing on the person of it. Jesus is indeed the reason for the season. And we want to talk about today uh, that we might focus on him exclusively and see the glory of his person and uh, that we might uh, really get a, a hold of the glory of what it means to be able to know him. Hallelujah. And know the Father through him. Praise God. And see the glory of knowing Christ as your Savior and God as your sovereign. Praise God. Amen. We're going to talk about the sevenfold glory of Jesus Christ. The sevenfold glory of Jesus. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Colossians 1 and verse 15 through 22. If you're new to this broadcast, I am Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. Praise God. Amen. Not, not because I'm a venerable, but because I'm a pastor and an evangelist today. And today I'm doing the work of an evangelist as I speak to people who know him as a pastor. But I speak to you who may not know him yet as an evangelist reaching out to you that you might come to know him. As we come to know him better, may you come to know him initially as your Lord and Savior today. The the sevenfold glory of Jesus will help us to have a glorious Christmas because we will focus on the real reason for the season. And it is a perp it is a person, and that person is none other than Jesus Christ today. Colossians one fifteen through twenty two. Let's read it together as we talk about this revelation of Jesus in all of his glory. Hallelujah. Several years ago, before we read this, I, I, while visiting an orphanage uh, we supported just outside of Port-au-Prince, Haiti, many, many years ago now, uh, as I'm 46, going on 47 years into ministry, many years ago, uh, probably, well, I'll, I'll, I'll date it this way, with the technology we had those many years ago, uh, I had an old old now by today's standard Polaroid camera. You know, the ones that you take a picture if you're old enough to remember them. And, and this, the, 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 immediately after you took and snapped the picture in the Polaroid, what made it unique to the technology of that day that the picture would come up, the, actually the, the, uh, uh, the kind of paper that it was on to develop it came up. And and there was nothing on it. It was blank. But it kept getting clearer and clearer. First there was nothing, then something, and then it was, it was like in a fog that you could barely see, and then it got clearer and clearer and clearer. And when I took a picture of the children of the orphanage with a Polaroid camera, uh, I called the children to come and see. They immediately gathered around me and looked at what appeared to be a blank piece of white paper. I told them to keep looking. 
To their amazement, and boy, their amusement, a picture began to form, which continued to develop into a perfect portrait. Each of their faces and their features became fully visible. And the Holy Scriptures that we're about to read right now, with many others, reveal a perfect portrait of Jesus Christ. Some natives in South Africa called this book the Bible, the Jesus book, after they had come to Christ as their Savior, and now they were studying the Bible. The Bible is about Him, they said. Open it just about anywhere, and you will find Christ. Amen. See, the Old Covenant, He was presented in type and foreshadow. In the New Testament, in the full revelation of His glory. That's why we've entitled this just pre-Christmas message, The Glorious Christ, The Sevenfold Glory of Jesus Christ. Let's read the scripture together, beginning with verse 15 of Colossians 1. Speaking of Jesus, now I'm going to do something here, uh, not adding to the Word of God, but, but putting Jesus, when it's talking about Jesus, I'm going to say Jesus to show you the focus of Scripture is always on the preeminence of Christ. In fact, in my Bible, it says as a heading, the sevenfold preeminence of Christ. I'm going to talk about the glory uh, that that is given him because of his preeminence today. Hallelujah. But it says of Jesus, and I'm going to say it, listen. Who is Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him, Jesus, were all things created that are in heaven and are in earth, visible and invisible, whether there be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him, Jesus, and for him, Jesus. For he, Jesus, is before all things, and by him, Jesus, all things consist. For he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he, Jesus, might have the preeminence. That's why I'm giving him the preeminence here. Listen, for it pleased the Father that in him, Jesus, should all fullness dwell. Praise God. Didn't Jesus say it himself? Another portion of scripture, amen, In or the scripture say of Jesus in another portion that all the fullness of the Godhead dwelled in him. Hallelujah. And verse 20 says, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, Christ's cross, and by him, Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself. By him, Jesus, I say, whether they be things in earth and things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he, Jesus, reconciled. In the body of his, Jesus' flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. I want to stop here and say this. You cannot present yourself at your best effort through good works of your own to him in this condition, unholy, unblameable, and unreprovable. 
in his sight. You can't do it. I can't do it. And he knew it. Hallelujah. We have to be presented by him through his work of grace and mercy and presence and power in our life. Amen. Listen, today I want to tell you something about the glory of his person. I'm going to make a statement first and see if you can agree with this as a Christian. The Christian faith reposes in a person rather than a creed. We need the creeds and the dogmas, but it is a person that is the focus of the Christian faith. Christ is the personal living center of all theology, all true theology. Jesus Christ is the source of the individual Christian life. Jesus is the head of the whole Christian church. And Jesus is the sovereign of the kingdom of grace. So let's talk about the glory of his person and this person today. Verse 15 of the scripture we read said, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? The Amplified said he's the exact likeness of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible. One scholar of scripture writes, This clause dazzles by its brightness and awed by its mystery. The invisible God, how dark and dreadful, the impenetrable veil. Christ, his image, how perfect in its resemblance and overpowering in its brilliance. He further comments, visibility is implied in the very notion of an image. The spirit of the statement is that our only true Vision or knowledge of the Father is in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. You see, brother and sister, today John 1.14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. One translation said, We've seen His glory. Another says, Actually saw His glory. John 1 and verse 18 says, No man hath seen God at any time. Oh, they saw pillars of fire. They saw, uh, they saw, uh, the, the, the glory cloud. They saw in the temple the, the angels attending this bright, brilliant presence. Amen. But they didn't see that clear, concise image of him. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him unto us. This is a beautiful word in the Greek. It's exgeomi, which is word we get for exegete, to bring out. See, the Son has exegeted the Father. Literally, the verb means to lead him out. In a real sense, Jesus has led the Father out for all of us to see. The verb came to mean explain, interpret, tell, report, and describe. Jesus made a profound statement to confirm this in John fourteen nine: He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. 
Praise God. That's why we want to see Him today. To know Him more intimately and more perfectly. And through Him to know the Father as He truly is. Even though He is invisible, Jesus has manifest in the flesh His person and His character so precisely that we might know our God by knowing the glory of Christ's person. Hallelujah. You see, the glory of Christ's person is that he hath revealed the invisible God so that we may behold him. Verse 15 goes on to declare, he is the firstborn of every creature. Literally, one scholar of scripture interprets this phrase as conveying two ideas, priority to all creation and sovereignty over all creation. It confirms that Jesus is Lord of all. It declares the Godhead of Christ in contrast to his manhood. You see, the glory of Christ's person is that he became man without losing any of his divinity. This is demonstrated in the next verse of Scripture in Colossians. Listen, verse 16 says that by him all things were created. And for him, Colossians 1.16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. This is de- declaring that Jesus is Lord of all, one with the Father in person and in purpose. Some years ago, a noted scientist said if the creative force residing in the universe should be withdrawn for a moment, the whole universe would collapse. This is what Jeans wrote about in the spiritual nature of the physical universe. Amen. The Bible declares that this creative force is Christ. Matthew 28 and 18, it said, Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me, listen, in heaven and in the earth. It is this Jesus that dwells in every child of God today. It is this Jesus that gives power over all, gives us power over all the devil's power today. It is this Christ who promised to never leave you and me and never to forsake us but to go with us. It is this Jesus we're talking about who said all things, all those things my Father hath given me have I kept. Hallelujah. Amen. And that includes you and me who are kept by the power of God. Hallelujah. Until the day of our salvation, our redemption, when it comes to the climax, when Jesus comes and we go back to the Father's house with him. Hallelujah. No wonder the wind and waves obey him. No wonder devils cringe in terror. Jesus is Lord of all today. Say it with me. Jesus is Lord of all. Praise God. I want you to know that when things are seen this out of control, God is still in control and Jesus is still Lord to the glory of God today. The glory of his preexistence is represented here. He is eternal and by him 
as this this man of God scientist, amen, has, has determined without the spiritual force holding it together, it all falls apart, amen. Verse 17 of our text says, He is before all things, and by Him all things consist, amen. Christ is co-equal and coexistence with the Father. John 8 in verse 57 says, Then the Jews said the Jews unto him, Thou art yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, or surely, surely, I say unto you, before Abraham was, and listen to this little portion of Scripture, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Remember when God told Moses to go down and say unto Pharaoh, let my people go. And he said, well, who shall I say that sent me? He said, tell him the I am sent you. And when Jesus said before Abraham was, I am, he said it in the same authority. He said it in the same sense of that meaning as God, when he said it, tell him that the I am, not the I was, not that I will be the everlasting, eternal, ever-present God said, I am that I am. Hallelujah. Praise God. And by Him, all things consist. Literally in the Greek, that word means to cohere or hold together. This is a further confirmation that Jesus Christ was and is very God. And Lightfoot, a Christian scholar, says of Christ, He is the principle of cohesion in the universe. He impresses upon the universe the unity and solidarity which makes it a cosmos instead of chaos. Hallelujah. And He can do it in our world of chaos today. He can, he can still rule and reign over every heart that will receive that will receive him and every heart, amen, that is open to him. You, your, your whole life may be one of chaos and your life may have shattered into thousands of little pieces because of sin and rebellion. But I'm going to tell you, if you repent of that sin and you bow before him as your Lord and Savior, he's able to take every shattered piece and put something beautiful back together. A mosaic is a lot of little pieces put together to to make an image of something beautiful. And the scripture said of what God can do in the old covenant. Amen. It speaks of that. And, and it said he will give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Hallelujah. Pray. Isn't that wonderful? Out of ashes, that that cannot be repaired in any sense of the word. But out of the ashes and the ruin of a life, he is able to take it all, put it back together, and remake it into something beautiful. Beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That we might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting 
of the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, friend, Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He has all power in heaven and earth, and He uses that power for, for our salvation. Praise God. Listen, let's talk about the glory of His position in verse 18. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn of the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Well, let's talk about his preeminence and the glory of his position, therefore. Ephesians 1.22, And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. That Amplified said universal and supreme head. Every denomination has a, a head and, and some even have a pope <laughs> like, the, like the Catholic Church. But I'm going to tell you, there's somebody over all of those people. Don't you know that to be true? Amen. And it's Jesus. He is the head. Amen. Churches have pastors. They may be the leader of a congregation, but they're not the head of the church. And I'm glad I'm not. Amen. Sometimes sheep get so crazy. And I'm not talking about any of our people. All right. You hear me out there? Amen. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe some back down through the history of our ministry. I bring them before the Lord. I say, Lord, you do understand these are not my sheep. I'm an under shepherd. These are your sheep. Amen. And, and you will take care of this. I present this situation, this person to you. Therefore, listen, first Peter two, and verse 7 says, Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. But unto those which are disobedient, the stone that the builders disallowed has become and be made the head of the corner. The stone that the builders rejected, he's become the head of the corner. And I've often said it little tongue-in-cheek, but truly, that a, an American Indian who came to Christ said, I know that Jesus loves the Indian nation because he is chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. And that's the way the King James renders it. The, the stone that the builders rejected has been made the chief cornerstone. Jesus is not a denomination, dear friend. He's not a preacher or prophet He's or pope. Jesus is not a religious system. Jesus is the living head of the true church. Look at Matthew's Gospel, sixteen thirteen through 18 with me. said, When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias or Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But who... Say ye that I am. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Peter, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. What rock are we talking about? Is it Simon Peter, or it is a revelation of Jesus to 
of God to Simon Peter of who Jesus is. Well, it can't be Simon Peter because this word for rock right here is Petrus. And it means a little stone. Now, I'm going to tell you, if the church was built on a little stone, it would have crumbled years ago under all of the persecution and deception that the devil has tried to bring against it. But listen, upon this rock, I will build. Thou art Peter, which means Petros, little stone. But upon this rock, and this word is Petra, which means, well, I'm going to put it in, in the way I see it. It's a mountain. I'm going to see a granite mountain. Hallelujah. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What is the rock? Is it Simon Peter? Who, who was given to many times shaking and wavering. No, it wasn't built on Peter, not on flesh and blood, but built on Jesus Christ and the revelation of him, of who he truly is. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. Jesus is the foundation stone for the church and and everything else can be shaken but I'm going to tell you the kingdom of God standeth sure for the king hallelujah of glory standeth sure today let's talk about the glory of his preeminence that in all things he might have preeminence literally to be first and to have first place Philippians 2, 9 through 11, it says, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, that at, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord <laughs> to the glory of God the Father. You're not taking anything away from the glory of the Father when we see the glory of the Son. For in Him all the fullness of Godhead dwelt bodily. The Amplified said, Might occupy the chief place and stand first. Let's talk about number six, the glory of His fullness. It says in verse 19 of our text that for it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. I like the Amplified. It said for it pleased the Father that all the fullness, the sum total of the divine perfection, powers, and attributes should dwell in Him permanently. Because all fullness dwells in Him, when we have Jesus and we have Christ, we have all of God's fullness within. We do not need Christ and this or Christ and that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Colossians 2, 8 through 10 verifies this. It's a warning against philosophies and, and, and speculations. It said, beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. I want to read this real quick from a, a, a paraphrase, but it's really accurate. 
He said, don't let others spoil your faith and joy with their philosophies. Their wrong and shallow answers built on men's thoughts and ideas instead of on what Christ has said. For in Christ there is all of God in a human body. So you have everything when you have Christ. (laughs) And you are filled with God through your union with Christ. He is the highest ruler with authority over every other power. Glory to God. You have everything that God is and everything that God has when you have Jesus to come into your heart and live in your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. And this brings us to the seventh glory of Jesus Christ today. And it's all about what He did. We've been talking about who He is. And we're still talking about who He is through what He came to do and accomplished at the cross. And it proves beyond any other interpretation that Jesus is a Savior. Jesus is a Savior. Our God is a saving God. He's the God of our salvation. And today, let's read this together. Colossians 1 and verse 20. And it says this, And having made peace through the blood of of his cross by him to reconcile all things to himself by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy unblameable and unreprovable in His sight. Oh, friend, this year when you hear the portion of Scripture that is put to music in Handel's Messiah, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. When you hear the most quoted Scripture in the New Testament, For God so loved the world, John 3.16, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. See Jesus in all of His glory, and see Jesus laying it aside for six hours to pay your sin debt on the cross and receive Him as your Lord and your Savior, in Jesus' name.